you're here, would you stand with us as we worship? We not only thank God for everything that he's done, we praise him for everything he's doing. Let's sing. See, on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me. My Jesus set me free. And look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from his side. No greater sacrifice What he's done What he's done All the glory and the honor To the Son My sins are forgiven And my future is heaven I praise God For what he's done His life has overcome. Oh, speak, say the name above all names, over every broken place. He is risen from the grave. What he's done, what he's done, all the glory and the honor to the Son.
loved the world, that's you and that's me, that He gave His only begotten Son. He brings joy and hope and freedom to our lives. Come on, you know this song. Let's worship together, church. We worship the God. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. Amen. 
Amen. Can you give him a shout? Give him a shout of praise. There's joy in this house. You can go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to the first full week of 2023. We are so glad you're here at Prestonwood. God has blessed this church greatly in the last 12 months. If you were a part of it, you remember it is good to look back and count our blessings. So we're going to do that here for the next few minutes. Take a look at this. It's been said that a church can either be an audience or an army for God. If the world is to be transformed, it will be because of the church. If America is to be saved, it will be because of the church. Prestonwood family, in 2022, we continued following God's command to be His army, to make the name of Jesus Christ known in our communities and the world for the sake of the gospel. Let's look back at what our army accomplished for the glory of God. This year, we experienced wonderful milestone moments, including the opening of the Joe Perry Sports Complex at the Plano campus. The complex drew countless new people from our community, leading to the highest number of participants in sports leagues in more than 15 years. PowerPoint Ministries has always reached countless throughout the world 24-7, but this fall, PowerPoint launched an incredible initiative, Bible in a Year with Jack Graham, a new podcast in partnership with Pray.com. The podcast reached the top spot for Christian podcasts with more than 6 million downloads so far. Prestonwood in Espanol continues to thrive, reaching the Hispanic communities surrounding all three campuses with an average total attendance of about 1,700. And the launch of a Spanish service at the North Campus marked another milestone moment. The impact of the ministry has been worldwide through training for pastors and leaders in America and Latin America. And through the broadcast ministry, which now streams in 59 countries, reaching a potential of 2 million viewers weekly. Through our missions ministry, we provided more than $2 million in grants to partner ministries here and abroad. Our Hunger Project provided more than 300,000 meals to those in need in North Texas. And our people went to the ends of the earth to share the love of Christ as nearly 950 participated in mission trips to locations on four continents. Meanwhile, our online ministry is experiencing amazing engagement. PowerPoint Online reached people locally, nationally, and internationally in more than 60 countries. More than 13,000 viewers joined us for worship most Sundays, and 425 made professions of faith. Closer to home, at both the Plano and North campuses, we saw significant increases in life group attendance across the board. And we were excited to see nearly 6,900 children and students attend our next-gen camps and Adventure Week. Some other ministry highlights included the launch of three significant ministry initiatives, The Gathering, a Thursday night service at the Plano campus for young adults, Digging In, a women's ministry podcast, The Veterans Ministry, reaching our members and veterans throughout North Texas. At Prestonwood Christian Academy, we saw a record enrollment at both locations, and we continue to witness decisions for Christ 
throughout the school year. This year, we also hired Dr. Jeremiah Johnston to serve in a dual role at PCA and Prestonwood, one of the most recognized and brightest scholars in the church today. Dr. Johnston is helping to undergird a biblical worldview at the school and church as we lead the way in defending our faith while engaging the culture. And the Prestonwood Pregnancy Center experienced a landmark year with the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court, more women than ever reached out. An increase of 13% in client visits. The number of women considering abortions who walked through our doors increased to nearly 50%. And we were excited to open a new Family Resource Center in June. The center allowed us to increase the number of resources provided to families by 46%. Finally, thanks to the hard work and the heart of our people, this year we are on pace once again to baptize nearly 1,000 people. We have witnessed as more than 1,700 have made professions of faith. More than 200 have rededicated their lives to Christ. And we were thrilled to welcome 1,900 new members to the Prestonwood family. We praise God for an amazing year. As we look forward to a new beginning in 2023, consider your part in this army of believers. There is an ongoing battle for the souls of people. What does God want to do through you? Now, come on, let's give a praise to the Lord one more time for an incredible 2022. Unbelievable. God is on the move in the life of our church. And if you're a little bit newer to Prestonwood, that video ought to show you the power of God moving in the lives of people and in this community and around the world. And we just want to give all glory to God this morning. And we want to say thank you to Jesus for all he's doing in the life of our church and in your life and in my life and in our life as a congregation. And there's so much more to come in 2023. Well, I want to echo Caleb's welcome to all of us this morning as we continue to worship. And especially those of you that are connecting with us online, we always want to take time to say a special welcome to you. Our online community stretches across the world. And wherever you are today, we want to tell you it's an honor and a joy to have you worshiping with us. And for those of you here on our campus this morning at Prestonwood, we are excited for what God is doing. And we are here today to worship the Lord with gladness in our hearts. And you know, if you're a guest with us, especially a first-time guest, we want to tell you how very glad we are to have you here worshiping with us today. We hope that you'll take an opportunity to tell us about your visit and that you'll give us a chance to pray with you in the days ahead. You can do that by texting the word CONNECT to 74788, the word connect to 74788. That'll let us know that you were here today worshiping with us. We'd love to know how we can encourage you in your walk with the Lord and give you more information about not only what you saw in that video, but all of the things that are coming in the life of this amazing church in 2023. We really do give God all the praise and all the glory. As we sang about just a moment ago, for all that he has done, and all that he will do in the coming year. Amen, church? Let me pray for us as we continue to worship today. Lord Jesus, we welcome you into this place. Father, our hearts are centered on the goodness of who you are. And Lord, in this moment right now, we tell you how much we love you. Father, for all you've done in 2022, for the lives that you've changed, 
for the folks that moved from death to life because of the power of the gospel. People now, hundreds, thousands that are followers of you, Lord Jesus, because of the testimony of this church, because of the faithful preaching of the gospel, because of the faithful witness of your people, God. People are coming to faith every day in the life of this church. And Lord, we just want to stop and say thank you. We are grateful to you, Lord, for your steadfast love, for your faithfulness, for all you're doing in the life of this church. And now, Lord God, we look ahead with joy and expectation to what you'll do this year. But Lord, what you want to do on our hearts today. Father, we pray for our pastor in just a moment as he comes to preach from your word. Fill him with boldness and passion, God. And may your gospel go out clearly to every heart and every mind that's gathered today. And Lord Jesus, today when we leave, We'll leave rejoicing for even more lives changed, more hearts renewed, more families rescued, more futures changed because of the goodness and the power of your gospel, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.
you heard your children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayers back then and you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you were providing declare it you are the same God you are the same God you moved in power then God moved in power now you are the same God you are the same God you were a healer then you are a healer begin this brand new year worshiping our God, praising Him for His goodness in our lives, His grace, and yes, His faithfulness. And as I thought about what to deliver in terms of this message today, I am compelled to talk about the faithfulness of God with you. 
When we look back at the past, when we look at the present, when we look at our future, we know this is true. Our God is an awesome God, yes, and He is a faithful God. God is faithful. And the title of this message is New Morning Mercies from Lamentations chapter 3. Yes, Lamentations, if you can find it in your Bible. It's next to a big book called Jeremiah. It was probably, most likely, written by the prophet Jeremiah. And in just a moment, we're going to look at one of the most famed passages in all of the Bible. And it is a scripture to live by every single day, every hour, every minute. America was brought to its knees this past week. Uh, It happened about the middle of the first quarter in an NFL game with the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. It looked like just uh, an ordinary play, a usual hard-hitting play in football. But something turned because Bill's cornerback, DeMar Hamlin, went down in the tackle and he stood for just a moment, backpedaled two steps, and then collapsed on the field. The entire stadium was silent. Emergency units rushed to the field. No one knew exactly what was happening, but we knew that it was serious. Now we know, of course, that the young 24-year-old athlete was in full cardiac arrest. According to the reports, he was not breathing, his heart was not beating. They performed CPR, put him in the ambulance and took him away. And in the midst of all of that crisis, players on the field seeing the horrific injury, not injury, but situation in Damar's life, they began to, to weep. Grown men are weeping and kneeling on the field, and they knew something was desperately wrong. They knelt on the field, and the other team joined them, and that's now an iconic photograph of both teams kneeling on that field and praying. Calls for prayer for DeMar went out everywhere. We heard them all the way in Israel with our group, and we joined you in praying. And in the midst of all of this praying, it was a picture really of America, our nation brought to its knees. People of faith and some even with no faith, some who believed in God, believed in prayer, others who doubted prayer, they began to pray. A national prayer meeting of sorts followed. Um, ESPN, an ESPN commentator prayed live on camera for Damar. Now God in His mercy is bringing Damar back and we're grateful for that. He is awake, He is alert, He is speaking, and we're told that the first question that He asked really back from death was, did we win the game? And His physician said, yes, Damar, Damar, you won the game of life. You won the game of life. Winning in life, winning the game of life. That's what it's all about. We're told in 1 Corinthians 15, because of what Christ has done for us, 
we win in life and in death because death, even death, is swallowed up in victory. Our nation is in a crisis and we need God. And our only hope is spiritual awakening, that God could bring us back from death. As followers of Jesus, we are praying and we're praying hard that God would save our nation and that God would use us as his church to bless the world. On a personal level, some of you in crisis watching on a screen right here in this room, you're struggling. You find yourself down, maybe depressed, and you're wondering if you're going to survive. You wonder if you're going to live or die. Have you ever found yourself in a situation in your life that is so utterly devastating that you wonder if you could make it? You wonder if you're going to get through. The prophet Jeremiah is a great man. God raised him up to preach to the nation of Israel in the midst of their rebellion. And they didn't listen to God's word. And so God judged Israel and sent them into captivity, 70 years of captivity in and with the Babylonians. The nation itself was dying. It was devastated. All hope seemed to be gone. And so Jeremiah gives us a lamentation. The book of Lamentation is not for the weak of heart or the faint of heart. It's filled with tears and crying and grief and mourning and yes, lamentations. But right in the middle of this desert of a book, really depressing in so many ways, there is an oasis and the promises of God spring forward. Verse 21 of Lamentations 3, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. The big question in this lamentation from Jeremiah that really speaks of the grief that everyone experiences in this world is how. There's a Hebrew word that shows up multiple times, ikah, which means how. How. We see it in chapter 2, verse 1. How. So how is this happening is the question. Often we, we ask the why question. Why is this happening? But Jeremiah says, how is this happening? And there's a difference, isn't there? How could this happen? How did we get here? How am I ever going to get through this situation in my life? How will I ever make it? As a pastor now for over five decades, I've heard the how question along with the why question numerous times. 
how did we get here in the ICU of this hospital? How did my marriage fall apart? How am I so sick? And at funerals, how is it possible that my loved one is gone? How is it possible that my husband, my, my wife is gone? How? Jeremiah, as a result of the how question, is very depressed because it appears to be a, a hopeless situation. And he is crying. He said, my, my eyes are flooded with tears like a river. He's lamenting. That's a word we don't use much in our vocabulary today, lamenting, or even this word lamentation. But have you considered the role of lamentation, of lamenting in your own walk with God? in your own prayer life. We think of our walk with God, our times of prayer as being praise, yes, and petition. But a part of our prayer life is pouring out our pain before the Lord. God wants us to be so honest with Him and open with Him that when we hurt, when we're crying, that we bring our tears to Him, that we bring our troubles to Him, our pain, our anguish, our distress. And when we come with lamentation before the Lord, pouring out our pain as Jeremiah, the great prophet, is doing, this, is, this includes our anger and, and our depression and our despondency and our grief. And when we do this, we find a caring and compassionate God, a faithful Father who cares deeply for us and whose strength and everlasting arms hold us up, lamenting. It's not just whining or venting. It's the sincere desire of a believer to turn to the trustworthiness of God, to lean on Him. Jesus prayed like this. In Israel, we were just in the Garden of Gethsemane where there are olive trees from the ancient days where Jesus prayed the night He was arrested and He's lamenting and He's pouring out this prayer and blood, sweat drops of blood are oozing from his skin. He is lamenting. Same things happens when Jesus, that those same hours as he stood before Jerusalem, having rejected him, Jerusalem having rejected him, and he begins to sob. He begins to weep. And he laments the judgment that is coming upon the people that he loves. If we were to include lamenting in our praying, we would find ourselves drawing closer to God. We would. Peter makes this point in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all of your anxieties upon Him because He cares for you. 
So there's lamentation. I love to sing songs like this morning of, of declaration and, and exaltation of Christ and supplication as we offer our request to God. But there is a time and there is a place in our lives for, for lamentation. That's what was happening on that field. When Damar went down and his teammates and ultimately people from all over the world were lamenting and crying and praying for him, wondering, is there any hope? In the middle of all of this lamentation comes this exhortation. Verse 21, there's a mindset change. He says, but this comes to mind. Have you ever just, in times of lamentation and and, 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 and depression in your life, have you ever just grabbed yourself by the scruff of the neck, if you will, and spoken to yourself and changed your mind about the way you're thinking? That's what happens to Jeremiah. In spite of the circumstances all around him, the death and the despair and the depression, he says, but when I call to mind, I have hope. Hope. Someone described hope with this acrostic, holding on with patient endurance. I have hope. I've often defined hope as the sure confidence that our lives are in His hands, the certainty, the confidence that our lives are in His hands. You may be down and feeling despairing and even hopeless today. Suicide is way up in America and around the world. People are giving up. These are dark days for so many people. But as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't allow the devil to blow out the light of hope in your heart and in your mind. In the name of Jesus, don't you dare quit. God is not finished with you. Jeremiah said in his book 29, verse 11, the book of Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plans for you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. And what is this hope? Hope lives in the promises of God. Hope has been described as oxygen for the soul. You can't live without oxygen, and you can't live without hope. And hope lives. Where does hope live? Hope lives in the promises of God, in God Himself. It is trusting God and believing God. It's believing the facts, not the feelings. It's believing what God says, not what the devil says or what you say. And when we refocus and reset and repent, then we find that we can trust God and believe Him for every need in our lives because He is our God of hope. Romans 15 verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 that our God is the Father of mercies. And we see it here, don't we? That God is faithful, that He is compassionate, that His mercies are new every single day. With every new morning comes new mercies. 
We have this promise. We have these promises. There's a promise in the Bible for your every need. Did you know that? For every battle you fight, for every burden you bear, for every problem you face, and all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. You can persevere. You can hold on because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So here is the truth. God is faithful. That would be a good place for an amen. God is faithful. Jeremiah, or Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 puts it this way. Know, therefore, that the Lord. You see, we don't live by what we feel. We live by what we know. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. And after all of these generations, after all of these mornings, after all of these years, God is still faithful. He's faithful to me. And every promise that He gives us in His Word is unshakable and guaranteed. It is unbreakable. It is infallible because He has made a covenant with us. He has given us a promise. And the character of God is at stake on His promises. God cannot lie. And when God makes a promise to us, we can count on the fact that He will always come through with every promise. When we say God is faithful, we're, we're talking about His integrity. We're talking about His character. We're speaking of His infallibility, His dependability. And His promises are because of this unceasing love and because of His great mighty power to do what He says He will do. Maybe you've heard that old line that when you're facing a crisis and you feel like you're going on a cliff, grab a hold of a rope and then do what? Tie a knot in the end of the rope and hang on. Well, that's frankly not that helpful to me. I need something more than a rope with a knot on the end of it. I need not a rope but hope. My friend Robert Morgan put it this way. He says, those of you who are at the end of the rope, you are not at the end of hope. You feel like you're at the end of the rope today, hanging by a thread? Don't give up hope. Why? Because God is faithful and His promises live. And therefore, where His promises live, there is hope. God's hope, His rope, His hope never breaks. Hebrews 10, 23 puts it this way, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised it is what? Faithful. Despair, depression, defeat never has the last word when God is our hope. And he is. As a church, 
we have seen the faithfulness of God through the years. And in just seeing the video earlier and the testimony of the ministry of this church, we're faithfully fulfilling the mission that God has given us, but it's all glory to God because he's been faithful to us. If you go outside in the atrium and down the hall towards uh, Main Street or our community gathering there, if you'll look on the right, there is a brand new display. It's a museum-like piece, really, called the Prestonwood Story. And in just a few words and a few photos, we, we attempted to tell the story of the first generation of this church. The church is a little over 40 years of age, so we took it by we took it by decades, and in these four plus decades, we've seen the hand of God move in ways that we could have never expected or imagined. We've seen the faithfulness of God, and as a result of the faithfulness of God, we've seen the faithfulness of His people. Your faithfulness. I reflect upon uh, what God has done in the past year. I could have never imagined some of it when I agreed to do this Bible in a Year podcast, I suppose we'd get a few, maybe a few thousand people to listen, never imagining that God had a bigger plan, a better plan. Now nearly seven million people have downloaded God's Word and our delivery of it. We're so grateful for that, and we believe that we're getting the Word of God out. We've watched our discipleship ministry grow and develop our Bible teaching ministry. We've We've seen students come to Christ and boys and girls and all the rest that we celebrate. We've seen our young singles gathering on Thursday evenings develop and continue to reach people. We saw the development of phase one of the Joe Perry complex and the success of that. And yes, we do have a phase two and parts of phase two we believe we will begin in this year. We've seen God move at our North Campus. And we need massive expansion at our North Campus. And this year, coming up this year, we are going to expand the worship center there and uh, enlarge our capacity to reach people. Our North Campus, uh, Prestonwood Christian Academy, along with Prestonwood Christian Academy here, continues to flourish and grow. We have a lot to do. And of course, there's always the basics of, of evangelism and Bible teaching. And, and God is faithful to provide for us. You have been faithful to respond to God's faithfulness. We have a slide, I think, that I'm going to show you to give you the end of the year wrap-up on our budget giving. So if we could put that up there. Giving in December was an all-time record, 9570000 plus, a 4.3% increase from the previous December, which was a record. Uh, by God's grace, records keep getting broken. And then the giving towards the general fund, that's the budget. That's the, that's the motor that makes everything happen, our budget. An increase of over 5% over uh, a record year previously of, of that $46 million. When you add in our mission giving on top of that and giving to PowerPoint and giving to the Pregnancy Center and giving to uh, 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 outreach and ministries, then that number increases almost doubled. And our world mission offering up 
11, 12 percent over last year, 1,270,000. We're grateful for your giving. Thank you for your generous giving and your passion for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. God is faithful, isn't He? And we're grateful for His faithfulness to us. God's love for you is greater than you could ever know. Jeremiah, once again, the great prophet, he wept a lot, but he also worshiped a lot. And he said, God loves you with an everlasting love, Jeremiah 31.3. So when it says his mercies are new every morning, that his compassions do not fail, that God is faithful, it means that his loving care is always for us and with us. Don't rush past these words. God loves you. You are his child. Let that sink down deep within you. God's love, His grace is dependable. It is faithful. It is eternal. And He will not allow anything in your life as His child that is not motivated by His love for you. Did you hear that? God will not allow anything in your life that is not motivated by His love for you. And when you weep, like Jeremiah, and lament, and cry, and wonder, how on earth? How am I going to get through? Ika, in the Hebrew. Ika, how? Remember hope. Remember your hope in Jesus Christ, because God is faithful. And that means that we can have confidence in Christ when we pray. It means that we can be confident when we are tempted, that we can overcome temptation. For what does 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says? That when we are tempted, God is faithful and will not allow us to be tempted more than we can bear. And with the temptation, we'll make a way of escape. Why? Because God is faithful. And when you are realizing the faithfulness of God and remembering the faithfulness of God, you are courageous to face anything in front of you. Your your faith, because of the faithfulness of God, overcomes every fear. The prophet's point in all of this is when you don't understand what's going on, when you say how, that the question really isn't how, it is him. You can live with hope in Him because the future is in His hands. His compassion for you, His love for you is limitless. And when you lift your thoughts from the ashes and in your mind you throw open the windows of hope, you are strengthened with strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Those are lines in a poem written by a man named Thomas Chrisham. He was a, uh, a newspaper man, saved in his mid-twenties, and ordained as a minister a few years later. But he was known locally for his poems, and he wrote many poems. And he continued to write poems in spite of the fact that his health issues, he had 
major health issues and he couldn't really fulfill his calling as he desired. He couldn't really be the pastor and preacher that he wanted to be, but he kept writing the words to these poems. And he wrote a poem from Lamentations chapter 3. Among many, he sent it to a man by the name of Thomas Runyon, who worked at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And as uh, Runyon was looking through all these poems, he was taken by this one from the words of Lamentations chapter 3. And he prayed and God gave him a melody, God gave him the music to this poem, which you now know is the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You think of this song, a hymn as being really old, well it's, it's not that old. It, it really came into prominence in the 1930s and the 1940s and in reality it wasn't going anywhere much as a song until a young bass baritone singer by the name of George Beverly Shea sang it on the radio in Chicago. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. And there was a young evangelist by the name of Billy Graham who heard Bev Shea sing those words on the radio. He reached out and contacted Mr. Shea, asked him to join him as a young evangelist in his evangelistic ministry. And the two coupled up later with, with others, Cliff Barras primarily. And in every crusade they began to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Bev sang it. The congregations began to sing it. It was sung in 1954 when Billy was preaching in London and it captured the hearts of the people of Britain. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above join all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. And here's the line I love so much. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine. 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness, sing it. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy 
Lord, unto me. It's true. He is forever faithful. The psalmist said in Psalm 37, feed on his faithfulness. Feed on the faithfulness of God. When you feed on something, you desire it. And then you devour it. And then you digest it. You feed on the faithfulness of God. God's faithful love. This gives us the ability to pray and ask Him anything. To call on Him even in the darkest moment as people prayed on the field when Damar went down. You know what we need? More of that. More of this prayer. We need more. You know the problem with prayer? You know the problem with prayer? We don't do it enough. James said, you have not because you ask not. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open unto you. And when you trust in God who is faithful and true, can never break a promise, and when you go to him in prayer, you can count on the fact that in his time, in his way, he will answer. Life is fragile. It's another thing we saw on the field when such a young, vibrant athlete could go down in this manner. Life is described in the Bible as a vapor, it's, it's a mist on, a, on, a morning, uh, on the morning dew. Our, our heart, we're just one heartbeat away from eternity. Just like that, the young man's heart stopped beating. We're one heartbeat away from standing before God. We think we've got 70 or 80 years, maybe more, to pursue our goals, to raise our families. Maybe. But maybe not. We're all just one heartbeat away. And the fact is, life is brief no matter how long you live it on this earth. And eternity is long, and you need hope, a hope that sustains life, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, and a hope that endures beyond the grave so that you win in life. This happens, the mercies of God, the love of God, because of what Christ has done for us. It hadn't happened in the book of Lamentations, but those mercies that are new every morning to us, they came at the cross. Hope came out of the grave when Jesus burst forth out of the tomb and he is alive and therefore hope is alive because Jesus is alive. Do you know him? I'm going to ask that every head be bowed and every eye closed. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, Maybe you're someone who would say, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people you're talking about. I just, I'm hanging on. I, I don't have any hope. I don't have any certainty about my future. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Here's how. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and a faithful God.
who loves you and gave himself for you, who died and rose again so that you can have eternal life. So bow and receive Christ right where you are, in this room or in the room where you are. Bow and invite Christ into your life. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I do trust in you. Believing that you died for me and rose again, I give you my life. I repent of my sin and receive you as Lord and Savior. I will trust you as my Savior and follow you as my Lord. And if you're praying that prayer, thank God for the salvation that he's given to you. And then promise to live for him in the power of his spirit until he comes for you. It begins today. It begins today with a confession of your faith and a profession of your commitment to follow Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to make that commitment to profess your faith today by coming forward in this service. The ministers of our church will be here at the front to receive you upstairs in the balcony. We're also there. You don't have to come all the way here. You can just turn around and go to one of the ministers on the landing right here and online. The number is 74788, 74788, text in J-E-S-U-S, and we're standing by. We're just a click away to converse with you, connect with you, and you can know Jesus in your life. And whether you're here or online, we'll give you materials. You say, why would I come forward? We want to speak to you. Why would I click on and make that decision? We want to converse with you and connect with you and give you material so that you can follow Christ and live in the faithfulness of God. There are others you need a church home today. God has led you to Prestonwood. And I want to invite you and welcome you in just a moment. We're going to invite many who came to faith in Christ and to our church this past year. But before these come forward, I'm going to ask you to come forward and join this church. Be baptized if you haven't been baptized. If you're a baptized believer, join with us and go with us to take this message of Jesus Christ to the world. Now, Lord, bless this time of decision. Help men, women, boys, and girls to find hope, eternal hope in Jesus Christ today and forever. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for worship at Prestonwood. As you heard earlier, if you made a decision for Christ, please text JESUS to 74788. We would love to connect with you and give you these great resources to help you grow in your faith. One is a New Believer's Bible with helpful notes to help you study God's Word. The other is a book by Pastor Jack Graham on the next steps to take as you pursue this new life in Christ. As we close, I'd like to thank you for your faithful giving to support Prestonwood and the work God is doing through our ministries. If you would like to give, text the word GIVE to 74788 or visit prestonwood.org give. It's been a joy worshiping with you, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.